Welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We are here to preview another UFC fight night. They're heading back across the pond. Jordan, we're going back to the O2 Arena. That means we're going to get some Molly McCann. That means we're going to get some Patty Pimlet, Patty the Batty, and a lot of other great fights here coming up for this ESPN fight night. I'm I'm amped for it because it delivered the last time they were overseas in front of the European fans. It had been so long since they went over there and, and had fights live in person. It's on prime time. I'll give up my Saturday afternoon. Got actually got a garage sale going on in the Ooh. neighborhood. So little garage sale here, little streaming on ESPN plus there, betting some fights. I, I'm excited because we've got some great matchups, whether you're betting them or not, mm-hmm. like stylistically, they're going to be fun, expecting a lot of finishes. And that's usually what you get on these European London cards for sure. Absolutely. But first we do have some news we want to discuss. Sometimes we talk about news here that happens and we're going to talk about Nate Diaz actually wants to fight. He does. How about that? I don't know how much of a fight it's going to be, but he does. He has a fight. So Nate Diaz, it's not signed, it's not official yet, but a deal for UFC 279 on September 10th between Nate Diaz and Kazumat Shemaev, who we've seen fight a few times before. He's great. Uh, and so this would be the last fight of Nate Diaz's contract. And he, before he he wants a new one, but he said he wants to finish this contract out. And this fight is supposedly scheduled for UFC 279 that will take place September 10th uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. And this, it might not be much of a fight. Uh, Shamayev has already said, I'm going to handle Nate Diaz's funeral with the UFC. Uh, so, as the handicapper that you are, Shamayev undefeated, Nate Diaz, the grizzled veteran that he is, who hasn't fought in a while. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of this one? I think that, you, well, first off, you can't play straight up Shamayev to win because the odds are incredible. I think you do have to be smart and, and think about, yeah, Nate Diaz is tough and he's a, he's a tough guy to put away. But the last couple of times that he has been stopped, it has because of cuts, because of blood, because of lacerations on his face. So I actually, I do believe, not looking at the odds currently in front of me, that Shemaev inside the distance is is going to be the likely scenario that I recommend. Ignoring the fact that Shemaev didn't get a finish his last time out. He went three hard rounds with Gilbert Burns. But before that, he is an absolute killer, an absolute finisher. And this is a very important fight for Shemaev. He can't win the fight and then get earn a title shot. That certainly isn't in the cards because Nate Diaz is not anywhere near the top tier of the welterweight division. Mm-hmm. But he can certainly lose that opportunity if he were to lose to one Nate Diaz, who's not a natural welterweight. He's more of a lightweight fighter and a guy that's going to be on the last fight of his contract. So the buildup to this fight will be great. Yeah. Both guys will certainly love the spotlight. I love the fact that it's also a five-round fight. So Shemaev is going to have to train for a five-round fight. He's going to have to be prepared for that if he's going to want to go in there with an Usman or whoever else is carrying the welterweight strap. And we know Nate Diaz can go hard for five rounds. The guy's got cardio for yeah. days. He tra- The way that he trains, him and his brother train, is they go and run a marathon. Oh, I got a fight coming up. Let's oh. go run it. Let's go let's run go, a marathon. Let's go there's knock one. out a quick 26.2 yeah, miles. Let's Tuesday? just go do that. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. Cool. So, so, yeah, super pumped for that fight, too. And then also, like, we got to hit on real quick. Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley yeah. was also just announced, too. Finally, the Sugar Show 
well, hopefully, I expect that he's going to finally get what's coming to him, and that, <laughs> that's an absolute ass kicking so by annoying. the hands of Peter Yan. He's so annoying. That fight card is sick. That's going to be a great one as yeah, well. Yeah, that's UFC 280 over in Abu Dhabi. Two title fights on that card. Yan O'Malley. That fight card. Oh, your boy Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, or your boy, our boy, our boy Bilal boy. Muhammad going Brady back. Brady is going. now is now the curtain is now the, is the opener on the main card. I know. Like, How about it that? Went, it went from like literally it could be a main event I on know. any fight night to he's opening the pay per view. I know it's going to be great. Well, I mean, I think we'll, we'll check in with him before that we fight should, for sure, and yeah. I'll tell him that you're going to bet against him. But as we That's move fine. on to I have my number or anything, as we move on to UFC fight night here at the O2 Arena, we'll start off with the first fight on our main card. Paul Craig versus Volkan Ozdemir. This is number eight against number nine in the light heavyweight division. Should be a great fight. Paul Craig is plus 135 on the money line. Uh, Ozdemir is minus 155 as the favorite. This should be a great fight uh, regardless of the odds here. This should be one. Two guys in the top ten. This should be a great way to kick off this main card yeah. for this fight it's, night. It certainly is. I mean, I love the beer Jew, Paul Craig. I love seeing him fight because he's just so... He's so fantastic with submissions, and they come from anywhere, and you have to be always ready to defend them. And Paul Craig, the last two times he's been in the, in the octagon, that was against Jamal Hill and against Nikita Krylov, he has cashed as the underdog. He was able to break the arm of Hill when he should have been knocked out, but he wasn't, and he, he separated the arm of, of Jamal Hill. And then I told you, and we'll talk about him later because he's later on in the card, Nikita Krylov is just kind of dumb when it comes to fighting like he just has brain <laughs> farts inside the octagon and he had one he went to the ground against Paul Craig and Paul Craig submitted him and I think it's going to happen again I love Paul Craig in this fight I think that he has shown a, a maturation of his ability to stand with fighters and understand when he ne needs to get to the ground and submit guys and Vulcan Ostemir is good on the ground he's not great on the ground we've seen him you know get finished before he is certainly a, a very strong stand-up fighter. I mean, his nickname is No Time, and when he burst onto the UFC in his first three, two of his first three wins came by the way of knockout, and he earned an opportunity to fight for a light heavyweight championship. He's been kind of meddling around 500 since then and really hasn't broken back into the upper echelon. But as Paul Craig fighting in Europe, he's a Scotsman, and fighting uh, you know, with the, in front of you know, some of his hometown crowd and, and the fact that he's cashed multiple times now as an underdog, I love Paul Craig in this fight. I think he gets a submission, and I would also hedge my bet with this fight not going to the judges' scorecards because if, if I've, I have seen Paul Craig get his lights put out by some powerful strikers, and that's obviously assuming that Volkan Uzdemir maybe lands something early in the fight and puts Paul Craig to sleep. All right, so we're going with the dog. The dog is barking. We are going there. with the dog. Paul and this is Craig another one of those cards. I told you, we talked about it last week on mm -hmm. the uh, podcast. I quickly go through the card. There are multiple dogs that are likely to bark like they did. I think five barked last week. Oof. We're going to see again Oof. a lot bark this week. All right, I like that at plus. I'm not even going to look for method of victory because you just mentioned hedging a bit, but we don't. I'm not hedging. We're going plus 135 all day on Paul Craig. I love it. So we go to our next fight. Meatball Molly McCann against Hannah Goldie. We remember Molly McCann the last time they fought in the O2 arena with that spinning back elbow that quickly ended that fight uh, with Carolina, with Lana Carolina. And this is, I mean, this one, she's a minus 390 favorite against Hannah Goldie at plus 320. It's hard. I know you've mentioned in the past, we've talked about it off the pod, we've talked about it on the podcast before, that when it comes to Molly McCann, and Patty the Batty, that there will come a time to start fading them. 
But with minus 390 odds and plus 320 for Hannah Goldie, I, is this the time to start fading Molly McCann? I, I just, I can't. I'm, well, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to have a small play on this fight, and it's going to be on Hannah Goldie. That, that's what I'm going Ooh. to do. I, you, you, you will have to tell me what the current odds for Molly McCann to win via decision because I think a lot of people are going to be spoiled by her spinning back knockout mm-hmm. the last time out. I mean, Molly McCann actually more is a Oof. grinder. Minus 165 for via decision. So that, that might be worth it because Hannah Goldie is, is a tough out. She's going to be a tough customer to, to put away. And, and look, Molly McCann, I, I got nothing against, I want to be clear, I've got nothing against Molly McCann, and I've got nothing against Patty Pimple. They're just overhyped. They're overhyped, and Molly McCann is El Cervic. And El Cervic was, was Roddy Dangerfield in Caddyshack. Very flashy, mm-hmm. a lot of cool tricks, a lot of popularity. But Ty Webb, midway through that round, he's like, you're not, you're not, you're not good. Molly McCann is not good. She is not a good fighter, but she's she works hard. Mm-hmm. She's a grinder. You know, she's a hustle guy, if mm-hmm. you will, on the basketball floor. And this is a matchup where Molly McCann is not going to be threatened by anything. Hannah Goldie is is going. I, I thought she might have been with Louisiana Carolina because Carolina was just overwhelmed by the amount of pressure being put on her. And and I don't think Hannah Goldie is going to be intimidated going overseas in a hostile territory, but. I can't lay, you know, minus 400 or 390 no. on Molly McCann. And I can't fade her because Hannah Goldie also really isn't that great of a fighter either. So probably I'll just have a small play on Hannah Goldie. But the smart play, my recommendation for this fight would be Molly McCann via decision at $1.60. That is certainly worth the investment. All right. And then a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle on Goldie. Just to, if it's there, exactly. it's there. You're right. If it's there for the taking, it depends on well, how we're doing on the undercard. Yes. It also depends on how you're doing on the garage sale. You're selling a bunch of things. Maybe you put a little bit of that cash onto, the, onto Hannah Goldie. I right? have a whole bin of DVDs. And I said to my wife, like, look, no we, one's we, buying DVDs. But, Jordan. Okay, fine. They're just sitting in my garage. So, like, no, why don't we try donate. and sell you them? Just donate them, man. Okay, well, we'll try and sell them, and okay. then we'll donate the rest. There you like, go. That's make, fair. Make moves. Get the garage cleared That's up, fair. please. That's fair. Uh, our next fight here, Nikita Krylov, who's minus 200 against Alexander Gustafsson. Gustafsson has not fought in two years. He's coming back and fighting for two. Uh, his first time in two years. He's plus 170 on the money line as a dog. Krylov uh, has dropped consecutive fights, three of his last four, four of his last six. So, I mean, he's also coming in here uh, as a heavy favorite, but also having lost a few fights along the way to get to this point. Yeah, this, this is a stay-away fight for me. I, Ooh, mentioned stay Kry- away. I mentioned Krylov earlier on Crossing in the podcast. He is a very talented fighter. He's, he's well-versed multiple ways that he could win fights, but he just is untrustworthy. He just makes stupid decisions inside the octagon, puts himself mm-hmm. into danger. So I really can't trust that he's going to be successful in this fight. But then again, I have a difficult time backing Alexander Gustafson because we haven't seen him in two years. When we did see him uh, two years ago, it was at heavyweight, the first time he went to heavyweight, and he looked bloated, he looked lethargic, and he lost to Fabricio Verdum, who is well past his prime when he won that fight two years ago. Now, I will credit where credit's due. He comes from a great camp, you know, so he trains with Shemaev and those killers every single day. And at one point, Alexander Gustafson was one of the best light heavyweights in the world. He arguably beat John Jones the first time he fought him. Could have been the UFC light heavyweight champion. So it's kind of like, yes, maybe a small play on Gustafson, just believing that he's going to look good. I'll have, this podcast is, is coming out on Thursday. If he looks good tomorrow on the scale, I'll feel maybe a little bit more confident because mm-hmm. he's making the cut back down to 205. 
But it's a really a, it's a stay away fight for me because neither fighter is really trustworthy, and I just don't know what Alexander Gustafson is going to show up uh, tomorrow not, uh, or on Saturday afternoon to fight uh, at this fight at light heavyweight. Yeah, that's a good point. Remember, this fight is overseas. It is in England. It is at the O2 Arena, so make sure you're locked in early for this one as the prelims get started early. The fight card is early in the afternoon, the main card as well. So this is my fight here. Nikita Krylov, Alexander Gustafsson, go refill the drink, maybe get some lunch, and then come back because Patty the Batty, Jordan Levitt, this is going to be... A great fight. I know you don't like Patty the Batty. I know you want to fade him right now. But the atmosphere that he created last time in the O2 Arena is going to be tenfold this time because he's coming in. He's already talking a ton of trash. He's a minus 250 favorite. And if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen the video going around, this was earlier this week during the interviews and the hype up to this fight. Is there a chance you twerk over him if he gets I want to teabag him, lad. I'm on a teabag. I'm like it's modern warfare too. For the uh, uninitiated at home, what is teabagging? I want to squat as close to his head as I possibly can without the ref shouting at me. Okay. Just squat up and down like I'm on modern warfare too, lad. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, how do you see the fight itself actually going? He was trying to say it's going to be a bit of a grappler versus grappler. What do you see? How no, you- it's not. I'm going to come out and I'm going to take his head off. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be shooting no takedowns. I'm coming to stand with him and to take his head off. I'm coming to take his chin on with me. Yeah. He can't throw a punch to save his life, lad. He really can't, lad. He comes to fights not to... He doesn't come into fights to win. He comes into fights not to lose. You know what I mean? Try and take me down, sit on top of me, and sniff me balls for three rounds, lad. It's not going to work. Jordan, how can... Come on, man. No, it's, how it's can not, you it's, not? No, it's not. How can you not want to... How can you not want to put down plus 200 to win by knockout? How can you not want to put down plus 250 to win by by submission for Patty? Come on. Oh, that see I didn't know that those were the odds. Yeah. So you're updating me on that stuff. Yeah, I the more and more that I'm looking at this fight, yeah. I mean Again, it is, it is a spoon-fed opponent. I talked about it with Carmen and Yurko on Thursday morning when they were filling in for Captain Check J. Check out that podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, there it is. Uh, like, this is another favorable matchup for him. And again, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a wrinkle. Like, the first two guys that Patty Pimwood fought in the UFC shouldn't have been in the UFC. They were they were literally jobbers that, yeah. that were, hey, Patty, go in and win this fight. And look... Patty actually got tagged a little bit in that second fight uh, in the UFC, the one he just had. Overseas. He did. We saw it when it was he got in. He kind of woke up a little bit yeah. and then was like, "Okay, I got to end this now because this is not going well." Right. Jordan Levitt's not going to provide that. Jordan Levitt. He's right. Patty Pimblett is one hundred percent accurate. Jordan Levitt is not a powerful puncher. He is not a striker. He is a wrestler, a grappler, and a very good athlete and submission submission guy. And Patty mm-hmm. Pimblett's okay on the ground. He's not great on the ground. Yes, he he has uh, you know I think eight submissions or uh, in of his fifteen wins. Uh, you know, so and he definitely has. But Patty Patty Pimlet's going to win this fight and win it on the feet. And I'll say this: Jordan Levitt, to this point, again, podcast coming out on Thursday. To this point, all the pre-fight interviews has looked good. He's looked confident. He looks like the moment's not going to be overwhelm him. But it's going to be different when 15,000 people are going to be chanting for one guy and want the other guy, that being you, Jordan Levitt, uh, to, to, <laughs> to to lose the fight. Look. Jordan Levitt gets this fight to the ground. I think there's the, the game changes because right. Patty Pimblett is very tough with, with with his top game and his ground and pound. But Jordan Levitt also can hook on a hook on, get a heel hook, get a knee bar, you know, get a quick submission, and and certainly get the win. I don't think it's that this is the time to have it. The more and more I wanted to have it, I wanted to fade Patty Pimblett. I don't think I'm going to do it because I'm going to need someone that's also going to test test Patty Pimblett a little bit on the feet. 
and I don't think Jordan Levitt is the guy to do it. So I am mm-hmm. not going to be fading right. Patty Pimblett as much as I wanted to. Next fight. Next fight. Next fight. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. we're going to go with knockout here at plus 200? Is that the – or are I you think, just going yeah, go to say – Got to go knockout with plus 200. All I right. think the combination of the, 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 the power that Patty Pimblett has as well as going overseas, the moment is going to be too big for Jordan Levitt and Patty Pimblett's going to win. Is there a chance you twerk over him if he gets? I want to teabag him, love. I mean, that's awesome. That is. That's awesome. I, look, he's a star. He's oh, a star. he absolutely is. He's a star, is. and it's great for the sport. He I mean, absolutely is, and the fact that he's, you know, he's people's made event. Yeah, absolutely, and it's over there. Like he's gonna have to come. I want to see him fight here at some point when he doesn't have the full crowd at his back. But that whole arena, I mean, we saw it last time they were at the O2 Arena. Uh, and with uh, Tom Aspinall, who we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, they were still chanting his name during other fights. That's how big of a star this guy is. As we move on to our co-main event here, Jack Hermanson against Chris Curtis. Hermanson is a minus 115 favorite here. Chris Curtis, not not sh- these next two fights, pretty short odds, pretty evenly matched according to Vegas. Chris Curtis, minus 105. This comes in at middleweight. Now, Chris Curtis fought a month ago. He fought a month ago. So... I ask you, Jordan, the expert here, I'm just here setting you up. How does that affect what you see going into a, a fight, a co-main event here, five rounds with Jack Hermanson? It really depends on a couple of different things. I mean, it's not just a black or white. I mean, it was a situation where he looked great against Vieira. He wasn't really tested too much. He kept the fight standing. That was the one question I had. I actually was fading Chris Curtis in that fight. Uh, we, I, I released Vera, so that was a bad look. But prior to that, Chris Curtis, you know, the all-action man, very good striker, powerful, good athlete, cashed twice as an underdog. He's now coming overseas to take on, look, now he's in there with the the big dogs. He's in there with the top 10 middleweight in Jack Hermanson. And sorry, I misspoke. This is only three rounds. That's this is only fault. three rounds. Three yeah, rounds. Main event. Fault. So I like the fact that Chris Curtis is going to have a similar, at least, preparation. You know, he's going he's gonna to be in there with a grappler, a guy that in Jack Hermanson that's got very good wrestling, very good top game, wants to get on top of you, ground and pound you. The issue is that... Um, Hermanson is a much better striker and boxer than Vera was. Vera is very one-dimensional. Hermanson is not. I think that right now the play would be for Jack Hermanson. It's at Pickham right now. Mm -hmm. I like what he's going to bring. I like the fact that he's also been training for eight weeks. He was originally preparing for Darren Till. He'll be a home fighter. Chris Curtis is the American. He's going overseas. And you still have to question Chris Curtis's mindset. Now, it took him a long time to get to the UFC. It's impressive that he's been able to take advantage and do what he did against three guys that, you know, actually kind of similar skill set to what he, what's going to see. But Jack Hermanson uh, is, is another thing coming. And Chris Curtis, about a month or prior to getting to the UFC, like retired from MMA. Like he fought in the PFL. He retired. Then he unretired, like in the same night. Don't know where his mindset is. He's got a great attitude. It's a great story, but I think it comes to an end on Saturday afternoon. I like Jack Hermanson, especially as a virtual pick If Hermanson becomes mm-hmm. a big favorite, if the European money comes in on Hermanson, I'm probably stepping a, a, a little back there. So it's not going to be like my stronger plays, yeah. but Hermanson as a money pick Hermanson certainly is an underdog. If Chris Curtis ends up being a, uh, a more of an underdog and Hermanson is, is the favorite, then I'm probably uh, going to say that the fight uh, goes to the judges' scorecard. All right, so we'll get in now if you can, right there. 
Jack Hermanson, I'm not even going to go for method of victory hunting because of the odds are so low at minus 110. Pick them in some places. So wherever you can get it, make sure you lock that in. Now, our main event, Curtis Blades against the hometown guy, Tom Aspinall. Blades is plus 110 as a dog. Aspinall minus 130. Aspinall, I mean, he's he's got a, he's 5-0. and oh. He's had five stop or uh, five stoppage victories, four performance of the nights. I mean, this is these are the big boys, and this could end... Uh, within the distance here, which is what people like to see in a main event, especially when you've got the big guys coming in and fighting each other. So this should be a great fight. I'm glad that the odds are so close together, so hopefully this means that we get a good fight, um, especially with the hometown crowd going for Tom Aspinall. Yeah, they're certainly going to be behind him, so it's enemy enemy Terry once again for Curtis Blades. Uh, But I'll I'll say this just to react to what you were saying. The the over could come into play here uh, for sure. We haven't seen Tom Aspinall go past into the third round ever in his mixed martial arts career, let alone his UFC career. And Curtis Blades, you know, relies a lot of the time on his wrestling, relies a lot of time on just takedowns and control. He's very boring. Game. We've talked very, about him before. He's boring. Very boring. And I hate to say it about a you know a fellow Chicagoan, but you know that's Curtis Blades. That's kind of who he is. But if you win, that's how you win, right? Like exactly. if that's if if he if he's twelve and three and that's how he wants to win, then that's how you win, right? Exactly, exactly. You, you, you got to win. Got to win the fights that are that are put against you. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how pretty or what you look. And look, he's only he he's been in there with the best of the best. He's he's only been knocked. He's only been finished and lost to Francis Ngannou twice. Knocked him out. Derek Lewis knocked him out with a, a very brutal uh, uppercut when Blades was going in for a takedown. So not only just the best of the best, but the most lethal strikers that we have. He grounded Jazirio Rosenstruck. He grounded Chris Dawkins and pounded him out into an oblivion. There's something that, that a lot of people that I respect think that Tom Aspinall is special. Tom Aspinall was, was identified as being special prior to coming over into the UFC, and he's obviously looked up to the hype. He's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. That means a lot of things, but it does mean one thing in reality. You are a black belt, according yep. to someone oh, yeah. in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that is it's something that we haven't seen him have to utilize in the UFC. It's certainly going to come into play. But you also have to consider that Curtis Blades is what seemed to be a little bit chinny. And, and Tom Aspinall, it's seemingly when he touches you, your lights go out. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gone back and forth because I also just saw a video that was filmed 10 months ago of Tom Aspinall watching a film of Curtis Blades. And he said verbatim, that's a bad matchup for me. Ooh, okay. That's a bad matchup wow, for me. Okay. That was 10 months ago. Interesting. So that was prior to Interesting. Know, what we saw Tom Aspinall do to Alexander Volkov. But, you know, obviously his coaches are going to have to get him prepared. You, yeah. you're gonna ha- if you want to fight for the championship, you got to beat Curtis Blades. I think Tom Aspinall is going to be ready. I think this will be his, his moment once again. It won't be enough. Curtis Blades, his wrestling won't be enough over five rounds to prevent – Tom Aspinall from landing something or maybe wrapping up a submission. So just a straight money line play on, on Aspinall. Tom Aspinall. All right, at yes. minus 130. So that is the main card for UFC this weekend, the fight night taking place overseas at the O2 Arena in England. So anything else in the prelims that you want to hit on here before I'm gonna we get ha- going? I'm going to have you do a little bit of research. Why okay. don't you tell me right, what it is for Maquan Amerkani, okay. Mr. Finland. He's All fighting right. Jonathan Pierce, featherweight fight. In uh, on the prelims to win in the first round, and then to win in the first round. Yes. Okay. Let's see round props. And the reason I like Amirkani that in round one. Yes. Uh that's plus five fifty. Okay. Woo! 
Armakani is a fast starter. He struggles with cardio. He's a very good grappler and an excellent submission artist. Very good anaconda chokes, uh, guillotines. And I like that first-round prop against Jonathan Pierce, who will be the bigger fighter, definitely better cardio, but a notorious slow starter. And Jonathan Pierce did get overwhelmed by a similar quick starter in Jonathan Pierce's UFC debut, albeit one Joe Lozon. So I like Makwan Amerkani, who also looked very good the last time they were overseas in London. First-round submission of Mike Grundy. Love it. I like Makwan Amerkani, not just to win the fight, but win it in round one. Love it. Plus 550? Love it. Let's do it. I love that. There it Anything is. else? That, that's what I'll that's give you. That's it? All uh, right. The rest so- of it will be available at FatJackSports.com. I will have several selections in play released on Friday afternoon for UFC London. Make sure you check that out, too, because uh, you've got the NFL coming up. You've got the rest of the baseball season here. Make sure you get signed up, fatjacksports.com. So to recap, you like Tom Aspen on the money line, Jack Hermanson on the money line, uh, Patty by knockout at plus 200, Molly McCann via decision at minus 165, and Paul Craig money line plus 135. That'll do it for the unnamed MMA podcast. We're also dropping a special uh, episode here with Dustin Jacoby, uh, who won this past Plus weekend. Yeah. So he cashed for us, and he's yeah. nice enough to join us, so make sure you check that out as well. And we will be back next week with another all-new episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.